comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The HHW LOD Podcast Network proudly presents Real Heroes, the podcast that takes a critical look at comic book movies. The good. I am Iron Man. The bad. I punish the guilty. And the worthless. I am the law! Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of Real Heroes. This is Russ. And joining with me tonight is the prodigal son has returned, Mr. Ken Morgan. Hey, Russ. Good to talk to you again. I missed you when I uh, uh, sat in on uh, an episode of uh, the Shield TV podcast, but uh, we get to hang out for, for this one. Yeah, so this is kind of impromptu. We just kind of, uh, at the spur of the moment, decided to do this. We've done commentaries on LOD for all of the Marvel feature movies at this point, so... Iron Man 3 came out, you had a little bit of time kind of uh, on on the fly and just said, hey, why don't we do this? Yeah, I've been on all the Marvel movie commentaries. I think I'm probably the only one of, of us, of the Legion of original Legion of Dudes, who was on all, all of the Phase 1 commentaries. And I'm not exactly sure when releasing this, but we're releasing it around the same time that uh, Thor, uh, The Dark World, uh, opens in theaters, at least in the United States. And uh, I thought, what better time to do... Iron Man 3 commentary, which you know, we just kept kind of kicking down the road until we finally did it. Yeah, it's funny. We recorded our episode on Cowboys and Aliens, and I swore that that would be the next one posted. But we had a bit of an idi- uh, idio. We had a bit of an audio issue with that, so I'm trying my best to clean up uh, one of the audio tracks that uh, Aaron submitted. He just had some kind of weird thing going on, so I'm trying to clean that up so we can get that out. So. Uh, we might get a flurry of Real Heroes episodes. Uh, this will come up, probably Cowboys and Aliens, and then Thor The Dark World, or vice versa, uh, depending on how the timing goes. But it's all going to be together. It's all good stuff. So I guess we will uh, we'll, we'll start to get right into it. So if you haven't listened to the commentary tracks before, uh, we will give you a sync point. Ken and I will tell you to pause your recording to do so, and then we will tell you to start it, and we will be off to the races. So... Iron Man 3 started off kind of weird. This isn't the typical, we get the Paramount logo with the swirling stars uh, as, a, as a really good start sync point. We For Iron Man 3, they decided to do a, a little bit of a narration of Tony before we even get any video. Uh, and then they, you know, we, we get a little bit of that. And then, then we get the Marvel swipe come up and then it kind of goes up for there. So for this sync point, if you actually start your uh, your movie... Go ahead and, and you'll you'll start to hear a little bit of music. The screen will be completely black. And the the instant you hear Tony Stark, uh, Robert Downey Jr. start to give his opening monologue, go ahead and hit your pause button. Uh, and so we will give you time to do that right now. Like I said, just as soon as you hear uh, Tony Stark monologue, just hit pause real quick. Uh, and then uh, when you hit uh, play back on your audio recording, we will do a count in and be ready to go. So go ahead and pause this recording now. Okay, everybody, hopefully you're synced up. Tony has just started talking. You're at the pause right now. And we will do a we'll do a countdown and then I will actually hit the say the word play to start. So here we go. Three, two, one, play.
So this uh, sets up the uh, eventual, um, what do you call it, the uh, the tag at the end of the episode because uh, this all ties together. Yes. He's clearly, Unbeknownst uh, to us. Yeah, we, we, we had no idea at the time. I like the opening sequence. Um, there's a lot of little nods to Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2, Avengers, some for better, for worse. But I enjoy this first bit here, uh, this opening scene uh, in 1999. Uh, which is the conference that Yinsen uh, referred to. And yes. We actually see Yinsen here. Yes. But, and Tony was just in an altered state to where he didn't, <laughs> uh, didn't recall. <laughs> yeah, which, is, which was a nice callback to, um, uh, if I had been that drunk, I, I wouldn't be even be able to give a speech, much less stand up or whatever. Yes. And I love Favreau with his uh, John Travolta era pulp or pulp fiction era. Pulp fiction era. Yep, yep. Yep, right down to the bolo tie thing and There's Jensen. Of course, we get yeah. Rebecca Hall as um, Maya yeah, Here we go. And here's our uh, antagonist, I guess. Yeah. You know, it's interesting when I was reading an interview with uh, with him about the character and about how he's approaching it. He's like, you know, I wanted to learn all there was to know about the character from the comics first and then go make it my own. And I'm like, well... If I remember right, the character was on a total of six pages before he put a bullet in his head. So there's not yeah. really much to go on here. Um, but just knowing that he was going to be either the big bad or, the, or have a bigger role than in the comics, I knew clearly it was going to be based on it, but not an adaptation of the Extremis as we know it from the comics. Right. Of course, we get the AIM shout out for longtime comic fans. Advanced Idea Mechanics is a big antagonist in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, how do you feel about them being used like this? Because it clearly, uh, not clearly, but it, it definitely isn't the AIM that we know from the comics. Uh, we referred to AIM in uh, the one episode of S.H.I.E.L.D. that I was on because uh, there was the uh, guys in hazmat suits and Johnny wondered, well, why can't they just be AIM? It was like, well, we've used AIM. <laughs> you know, the AIM's been in, introduced already in this universe. Yeah. Uh, and it's not to say they couldn't have morph or change yeah. uh, into that. I, w I was fine with the way it was used here. It, it it definitely made sense with the story they were trying to tell. Mm -hmm. You know, but you know how even how completely you know wasted Tony was, he's still like completely engaged in her research right now. Yeah, you know, from from an intellectual level as well as just trying to you know get with her. Sure. little similar narrow narrative style to Iron Man 1 where we get you know an event that happens and then we get a flashback to fill in those details this is yeah. a little more extreme but but you know similar right. in style here comes the bodyguard yeah yeah Iron Man 1 was definitely a a, a rebirth of Tony when he you know was broken down to you know realized you know okay you're making weapons you know real people kids are dying and you want to do something different or better with his life Plus, of course, you know, making the Iron Man armor. This is very much about 
realizing who he truly is inside. Um, and it's not just that he's who he is with or without the armor. He's who he is regardless. And, and this whole movie's a journey. And, and, and I got to tell you, I, I didn't get that at first, on my first viewing, at least not the way I appreciated it as much as I do now. I, I, I didn't hate the movie, but I just didn't get what I expected uh, on the first viewing. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely appreciated it more on second watch than, than initial. We just breezed past uh, Killian on the roof, just still hours later waiting for Tony. And it's like, okay, this is the defining moment for, for Killian. And um, even from the previews, knowing a little bit more about where he was going from. And this is a... I didn't almost call this whole sequence a callback to Iron Man 1 when he was experimenting with the repulsors for the first time. You know, now he's experimenting with this new delivery system of the or deployment system for the armor. Um, didn't spend a lot of time with what he's doing here, implanting these sensors into his body to be able to control the armor remotely. You know, just put it there and that was it. Yeah. There's where we start to get the first glimpses of his PTSD from the battle mm -hmm. in New York. Yep. Yeah, no sleep, constantly working. Again, but trying to perfect his armors to protect him and those around him. Yeah. Of course, this being a... Uh... Shane Black movie, the Christmas motif definitely fits in. Yeah. Well, it was set around Christmas time as well. <laughs> Not a lot of time passes between this scene and, and when it all hits the fan. He gets... Pretty good control over this armor pretty quickly, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> I think I pre appreciate, too, the direction they took with this is, you know, by the time the Avengers hits, he's got this very well-developed, well-functioning, um, well-tested set of armor or armors, I guess, mm -hmm. at this point. And so to focus this movie around this prototype armor that isn't really fully fleshed out, that doesn't really function quite as solidly as the other armor, adds to, you know, kind of the, a little more sense of peril, a little maybe more realism, if, if, if that makes sense. Right. I love it. It's almost like the armor is having a face-off with Tony yes. in that one moment. And, of course, we get our classic pose. Uh, but, yeah, it, it just shows. <laughs> Not quite. The he he he's he's you're right. He has all these armors that were all but perfect or were perfect, you know, but we, they were ready for use. Here he is. He's never finished. Always inventing. Always improving, and uh, doesn't always work exactly as he expected it to. It's almost like his his armor is flawed as he is in this movie. So here we are, our first look at the Mandarin, which everyone anticipated the Mandarin from day one. We were going to see the Mandarin eventually in an Iron Man movie, and they spent. 
weeks, if not months, leading up to the premiere, premiere of this movie, making a big deal about Tony Stark and the Mandarin and Ben Kinsley going on this world tour with Tony, really hyping this thing up. That when the true nature of the Mandarin revealed later, I think everybody was taken by surprise. I don't think anybody had any idea what was coming, and we'll talk about that later. Yeah. But again, they stuck with the whole Ten Rings thing that they set up in Iron Man 1, where yeah. you see the little color bars uh, you know, that come up but with the broadcast interruption actually has the uh, t- the Ten Rings in, in, that, in that logo. There's been some news floating around recently of a leaked project. We'll talk about more about that later once we get to the reveal. Yeah, we'll do it in order, but I have some thoughts on that as well. Yeah. I'll tell you, regardless, I mean, this, this, I was believing in the Mandarin here. I really, you know, thought they did a really good job with, instead of going down the mystical route or with, you know, the rings being these consciousnesses like they did in a recent iteration of, of Iron Man and the Mandarin, making him a, uh, amalgamation of, of the terrorists we know, the Bin Laden, Al-Qaeda type terrorist group, uh, works for this world that's been created, I think. Yeah, and he wasn't a stereotype either. You know, they didn't go with the Fu Manchu, you know, big long robes, you know, long fingernail kind of kind of thing to it. He's he's kind of this amalgam of uh, of different cultures. Yeah, here's our Iron Patriot here. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. That actually annoyed me going into the the leading. Everybody's going, you know, that's uh, uh, what's his name. Uh, Norman Osborn's Iron Patriot. That's not Iron Patriot. That's War Machine. It's like, no, nah. they're using Iron Patriot. It, it's different. I really enjoyed the scene in the bar here. Yes. They Here's talk about the, the marketing behind the, yeah. the naming. Yep, yep. Wait for one of my favorite lines here. Yeah. <laughs> Richard. <laughs> Did we talk over the Super Friends line? No, not yet. Oh, okay. Aaron, help me. Here he has his panic attack, and the suit will diagnose it. Which is which is the suit, which is parked out front, which I thought was awesome. The yeah, fact that he's like, just it's next to the motorcycle, he just parks it. Yeah, and it's his Avenger suit. I mean, it's all beat up. It's, oh yeah, yeah. You it's, know. it's the Mark Seven. Absolutely, it is. But he's thinking he's thinking the shrapnel's getting some going in there. Like, no, it's a panic attack. I mean, I, I question. I thought this was overplayed. I did too. The, yeah. Um, a 
a little too much. Other people say, no, that's the way it is. I'm like, all right, I, 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 I guess, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't buy it as much quite either. Yeah. I guess we did talk over the super friends. Uh, yeah, Jab. I think yeah we did. Tone, uh, Pappy here is now the head of security for Stark Industries, and um, at least they didn't kill him off like they killed a Cyclops in uh, in X Men Three. Yeah, uh, you know he has other commitments or otherwise doesn't have a big role. So we'll just we'll just take him out of commission quickly. You're welcome. <laughs> She's expecting the killing of 1999. Yes. And he's very much different. And Happy notices that as well. Yeah, indeed. We'll say the tech is pretty impressive what he's going to show here. Yes, yes. James Badge Dale, for those of you that maybe have seen uh, 24, he was involved in that show for one one season. Yeah, I don't think I've seen him since, I think it was, what, season three? Yeah, it was early on. <laughs> Quote in quotes. Yeah. Interesting way to uh, produce a hologram. Yeah. Yeah. Put the little AIM logo in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so I got I got the wrong fancy hologram up. So Happy's getting a little, little nervous here. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I mean, I wasn't sure what to think about Killian's involvement. I mean, I like the way he was done here in 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 the movie. Um, it's the same basic thing extremis um was weaponized in fact actually it was killian who released extremis into the wild but then took his own life in in regret or otherwise you know because of what he had done um no wait no i'm remind me was he involved or was it my on her own who released it uh you know it's been so long since i've read that i i don't recall offhand yeah you know i think we covered that that book in 
LOD, didn't we? Yeah, I don't think I was on that one. Oh, okay. Get a little bit of glimpse of the uh, salvo of armors that he's got underneath the floor there. Yeah, and happy made him, happy remembers Killian now. Mm hmm. That's so funny. <laughs> like, I don't know how to do this. So I started saying before about how I wasn't sure about this movie was uh, I had gotten so used to and expecting of uh, either more tie-ins or a little more world building, a little more significant references to uh, either what's happened or what's coming in, in the greater Marvel movie universe or cinematic universe that this movie didn't have as much of that. It was very self-contained. It was the, you know, if phase one was the event, this was the one shot. It was centered around Iron Man, centered around Tony. And um, it wasn't that I didn't like what I had on, saw on the screen. I just wasn't expecting it. So uh, once I put that aside and allowed myself to really enjoy the movie for what it is and not what I wanted to be, I, I enjoyed it more than I expected. Yeah, the other thing is I think unbeknownst to us, us at the time, this this turned out to be somewhat of a precursor to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> um, you know, Extremis has, has started to play a, a bigger role in that in that show than, than we thought. Well, yeah, I mean, from the day one, we had extremists in there. Um, When we were talking about the, uh, the guys in hazmat suits, I suggested, you know, Johnny said, why, why couldn't this be aim? And they're like, well, let's see aim more or less developed extremists. They're using extremists. Maybe it could be, it could still be aim doing this. Sure. Sure. You know, it could be behind that centipede organization. If you haven't been watching shield, um, so there's lots of possibilities here as to where, where this is going to go. She's a little flustered there. Yeah, like she got caught doing something she shouldn't have been doing. Mm-hmm. Who gets a bunny for Christmas? Yeah, and those don't look like hands. <laughs> no, they didn't when I first saw it. That that shot just is funny to me. I don't know what it is. Just the image sitting of him sitting casually on the chair. Yep. A little foreshadowing, Mark 42. In that foreshadowing that the number of armors that are, that exist? Yes. 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 Yeah. She's like, what's that, number 15? Sure. Why not? You know, as I'm saying, though, this is more or less the 
same day, the next day, as the scene when he was trying this armor on. And uh, we're going to see he has very fine control over this armor, uh, assuming he's actually controlling all these movements, including like giving to the shoulder up and all that. And it's not just some autonomous AI kind of thing, but I think he does have control over this. Yeah. But it's all mental because he's not clearly not physically, you know, doing these movements and this having to be mimicked. It's all right. some kind of mental. He's got his Google glass on, you know. He 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 does he does indeed. And now he's busted. It's like his Doctor Manhattan moment. Yeah, yeah, it is in a lot of ways. But actually, clearly, it's tied to his 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 mind in in some way, in many ways, as we're going to see in a, in a few scenes. Yes. <laughs> I love that the armor turns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are you looking at? Yeah, now we get our first moment where he opens up about what's been going on. Yeah. We get a timeline how long ago this was after the Avengers. If this was Christmas time, we didn't get a good idea of when in the year Avengers took place, I don't think. No, and I think I mean, we this is within six months maybe? I would think, yeah. I, w- I would think so. Have you been reading the Iron Man comic recently currently? No, no, and I know there's some big revelations in that. There's there's a I've kind of rolled with retcons in the past. Th- this one I don't know what to think of it yet. I got to see what they do with it. Yeah, I'm waiting for it to kind of all be done and then I'll I think I'll I'll read it in one chunk. Well, it's it, you can do that now. I mean, that the arc is done now. Gotcha. Um, and it ends with this revelation that now they've got to, okay. Now what do we do? All right. So here we got he's flashback into New York, uh, the the Avengers. His mind is really in in terror. He feels like he's being attacked, and uh, the armor reacts accordingly. Yeah. Yeah, at least he's able to control him like that, but still, it's completely a subconscious reaction. That was a cool moment in the trailer. I think at the time, I thought maybe that he was either dreaming or yeah. she was dreaming, or you know, it was part of some sort of dream sequence. And and even when I first saw this, I thought maybe that's what was going on. And then we find out, no, that's it's this is the real deal. And I think that's part of the the message or the story of this of this movie is that. You know, because of everything that's happened before, because of what's happened in the Avengers, Tony is kind of him and the armor are becoming one. Like, like there's no, 
you know, there's almost no separation between the two. Even when he's not physically in the armor, he's still a part of the armor, and the armor's a part of him. And I think, you know, this, if nothing else, this movie kind of establishes that, you know, he has to separate himself. All right. All right, here we're about to get our first idea of what Extremis really is capable of. We already got a little bit of a foreshadowing in the 1999 scene, but... And any of us who know what Extremis is kind of suspected there's something like this going on. Yeah. So there's James Badge, James Badge Dale. I forget his character's name, actually. Yeah. But uh, he's basically giving him his next dose of Extremis. And it's not like this guy's been on it for a while. He's been able to control himself. First rule of pickpocketing, never look at your hands. Yep. That's pretty quick. Yep. Yeah, that's not going to work. John Favreau is like almost a professional level weightlifter. I don't think I'd want him rearing back and punching me in the yeah, face. Yeah, right. This guy takes his hit. Clearly, though, was intended to OD or have an unstable dosage of it, of Extremis. He's like, all right, it's time to go. When is a bomb not a bomb? That's it. That's the line Tony will give us later. You get a like a nuclear blast kind of vibe out of this between the well, just the level of damage, but also the uh, the silhouettes on the wall here. We'll see that again in Tennessee. Yeah. You know, basically, people vaporize where they stood. Is that his death of Mr. Burns moment right there where he's yeah, pointing pointing out what he wants to... Yeah, you hear he's watching, watching this guy and he's, and he's regenerating as he walks walks past. He was severely damaged. Anybody else would have been, would have been killed by this blast. And this but is that... not the... Of course, this is James Badge Dale's character again. This is not the, the, the junkie or the soldier who, uh, who was on the extremes who blew up. Right. I guess all that ash and stuff left a bad taste in his mouth, so he's got to yeah. stick, a, stick a chewing gum in there. Yep, and here's our, our Mandarin. It's a chilling video, the way it's written. You know, the, way it's, the way it's done with the fortune cookies compared yeah. to the Chinese theater in Hollywood. Theater. Yeah, I mean, this definitely reminds you of every 
you know, Al Qaeda video that's been put out there over the years that we've seen in the news media or what have you. Mm-hmm. You know, and given that we started in uh, Iron Man one in uh, Afghanistan, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, 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 and that was a, like you said, that was the ten rings. It all kind of fits together. Of all the product placement that's all over this movie, that's just an odd one. I mean, that seems out of their way to do the Downton Abbey thing. Yeah. You know, unless, you know, somebody, Shane Black or somebody really is a fan. But between the Skype logo on the the tablet and uh, Mm -hmm. Oracle everywhere... Just calling them out. Yep. You know, as heavy this got, as quick as it got, we needed a couple of light moments at the beginning to kind of set us up to between the armor, just yeah. hanging out there on the couch, you know. Well, and this is a very Tony Stark thing to do, right? I mean, this is reminiscent of his scene with Loki. You know, he's like, you know, you know, where he says he's threatening him, and he's like, no, no, I'm, you know. Not, it's not a threat. <laughs> no, it's not a threat. You know, you know, no, no, yeah, yeah, no, you know, not begging, threatening. Yeah, I always enjoyed the the holographs that they really come up with in here between uh, just building the armor originally, of course, and then creating the element uh, in Iron Man Two, and now this so rediscovering the element. Yeah, but I mean, here you're doing a complete virtual walk to the crime scene. Yeah, this is a really cool bit here with this, you know, all this crime scene recreation stuff. Yeah, triangulate the, the his eyes and his fingers, find out what he's looking at. A little bit of math. Getting our first glimpse of where this may have been developed or tested. Yes.
I <laughs> <laughs> threatened a terrorist. Yeah, that'll put a spotlight on you. Yeah. This is funny. He kind of makes it like he doesn't know who she is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Of course, Tony Vick. Yeah, normally we go for that. That's funny. Yep. I love that line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's 13. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, just dig that hole deeper. that normal I still say those don't look like hands yeah <laughs> it's got fingernails or not something else how about this they're watching the house on the TV and they get to see the attack happening on TV first it's like hey look at that missile headed right towards whoops nice shot here quick Quick reacting from Tony. Of course, uh -huh. the suit was right there. He just walked out of it. So, this is the scene everybody wanted. They wanted to see rescue. They wanted to see Pepper in a suit, and now well, they kind of got it. Yeah, this is a great action piece right here. I mean, just mm -hmm. the whole the whole set, pretty much just getting completely torn down. Yeah. Yep. I mean, he's destroyed this slab you know, twice now to different degrees in two other movies in yeah. his house and we'll we'll do the job right now. Yeah. Tables a turn a little bit. This is my only, not problem, but just, you know, kind of raised my eyebrow a little bit. He's like, got all the armors one floor below. He could have put any of them on. Yeah. But, you know. I guess the deal is this is the only one that reacts to his, like, automatic control, maybe? Yes. Yeah, well, at least, yeah, the automatic control, granted. Yeah, the rest are autonomous, we find out later, but. Yeah. You know, this is, that's quite those, those, those implants he's got. Yeah. He needs more.
about time. I know there's a little bit of uh, hubbub or talk, like how could the armor go on Pepper if she didn't have the little thingies implanted in her? And well, that, that I, was I, easy. I mean, he, yeah, I, I think a lot of it is just that, that that's how he's able to control. Yeah, the armor would... in general, not that it only attaches to him. Although, right? They... Yeah, yeah, they weren't attachment points. That was just part of his, you know, sensory interface to it. But he, he, just like he had that fine control of the armor when it was completely autonomous and he was separate from it, he's able to control the the bits to 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 assemble around her and around another character later. Right. Or to control it across a great distance. Yep. But yeah, we find out the armor is not quite, you know, it's not it's not flight ready. It wasn't it's a prototype. It's not really ready for battle. So, all right, let's let's use the environment. Let's use what we have. Yeah, take out a helicopter with a piano. Yep. We see Pepper do a similar thing at the end. I don't think he can hear you, Pep. No, so the whole world just saw Tony die, so he gets to have a little a little uh, an anonymity right now. I like how Jarvis takes a little control here. Yeah. I'll just pull myself out of here. Yeah, let me lend you a hand. The jars have been completely on autopilot or kind of like the Back to the Future on the last uh, flight plan recorded. Mm-hmm.
That's what they call a hard landing. Indeed. <laughs> what? And this kind of bugged me. He, Paul Bettany put a little too much inflection for an AI, I thought, into that line. Yeah. It's like, what? what? But you said. So the armor runs out of power. Now the, the one armors thing they always... were run by the the chess piece. Yeah. Now the only well, thing I can be. think of is this is the first of a prototype where it's designed not to run based on the the chess piece. Well, I mean, I would say they've all always been like that to a degree. Otherwise, Rhodey never would have been able to run the Mark II. Right. Right. Um. But then again, in theory, if if the whole new element that he rediscovered or resynthesized in Iron Man 2, which is in theory what his chess piece is still running off of, should have been able to tap into that. Or, you know, it just he's made him completely independent systems. Yeah, that was the only thing that just kind of, I guess one of those little quirky things that I just kind of made me scratch my head a little bit. I mean, not enough for me to, you know, again, to ruin the movie or anything, but just to, just kind of made me think a little bit. Right. Yeah, it didn't kill anything yeah. for me. <laughs> I love that. I just stole the poncho from a wooden Indian. Yeah. I mean, without that kind of subplot running, it, it pretty much... You know, with the armor not being self or powered by the by the chess piece, it, it. I mean, it. This becomes a completely different movie. I mean, again, because I think ultimately this is about how Tony's able to be heroic, to survive, to you know still be relevant without having the armor on him all the time. Right. Yeah. He still. Like, he, he he. As he said, the end of the first movie, but with a little different meaning and inflection. At the end of this movie, I am Iron Man. Um, right. You know, it's not I am Iron Man, it's I am Iron Man. You know, Iron Man is not the suit, it's me. Right. I don't know what I think about the the kid genius here. Yeah, wouldn't he know it's Tony Stark? <laughs> eh, maybe. I would think Tony Stark is like, who yeah. does not know Tony Stark? I, I think a kid like this, though, just like that reaction, he knows who Iron Man is first. And without context, meeting a Tony Stark, you may not realize it's Tony Stark. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe living on the other side of the country. I mean, for all he knows, it could be a fan like Gary. <laughs>
<laughs> I love the interaction with the kid. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The kid just seems. I mean, not 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 unnecessary, but it just feels forced to me. The whole having this kid here, having this this this, I mean, all for comic relief. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, it, I, it just it just feel felt forced to me. It's a little too convenient that he just happens to there you go. You know, that's the word. Roll into this garage of this boy genius, but. Your watch, yeah. I'll get your digital watch. Yeah, if there's any part of the movie where it's slowed down for me, it's definitely going to be this whole section until it actually gets gets what he's looking for. Right. And then it picks right back up and you're at the end. I mean, here we are. We're Well, we're at about you know, a little more than a third of the movie. We find out what Tony was actually connecting to in order to uh, make that call. It was the Stark servers, and now we can get his message to Pepper discreetly and safely. And the other shoe.
this is where I started to get the feeling that this was not all in the up and up. Really? See, I'm watching this yeah. and I'm actually buying into a little bit of a degree because staying completely in character, everybody's kind of get you know, stand out of the way, you know, don't be shot in the face. It's like, it's almost like, okay, only a select few know that this whole thing's a, an act. Uh, at least that's what I would have th- you, you would have thought later on. And that's our first, you know, reference to what's going to, what's going to be revealed. But, um, yeah, was something not quite the way it was? Yeah, something was up, especially if the Mandarin was actually in country. Yeah, that was the big thing. And then the fact that Killian was kind of the, the one that was giving a lot of the directions and stuff. It just it just it just seemed a little off and I was like, I wonder if he's not really in charge in this in this deal. Right. Yeah, now here's the, the the blast scene or the crime scene of the original blast that he's investigating. You see the same characteristics that we saw in, in Hollywood with the uh, silhouettes uh, scorched to the wall. Again, another Avengers reference, the whole Chitari, the wormhole. Yep, another another uh and really the only the only the other one. He only had the two episodes really of, of the hang There's attacks. one there's one more when he's in the car. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we talked about this at the time when we did our actual episode review after right. after the movie came out that I just uh, Jordan seemed to buy it, uh I did not. Yeah, I'm not questioning his his accuracy of the portrayal or portrayal of of a panic attack like that, you know, but just as a plot device, it just seems like it was you know if not overused, but just poorly used, I thought. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. This is a woman with the worst hair in Hollywood. <laughs> you know, for everything, extremists can, can, can heal. I'm not going to really give away. Anybody who's watching this probably saw the movie. She, she's an extremist uh, patient. You know, you think it would take care of the scars as well. Yeah. But at least it leaves evidence of there was another injury. Or maybe maybe because it's a previous injury. I mean, if you know, a damaged or under an extremis, it can heal it cleanly or it can, you know, regrow a limb, for example. Yeah. But um, scars that are already there, already healed, it, it doesn't do anything with. 
Maybe. Maybe so. Now, I saw this and like, Tony didn't talk to anybody, did he? Then you were to find out pretty quickly that it's for somebody else. Yeah. Yep, and here it is. MIA. Maybe. Maybe, yep, yep. I didn't catch that the first time. You know what? I missed it too. And then I hit myself when they did that review. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. How did I miss that? You know, it reminds me of the director's cut of uh, Daredevil, which I'm sure some people hear that and they're going to cringe, you know, right? I even bring it up, but there's a similar moment in the director's cut uh, where you find something doesn't mean what you thought it meant. Yeah. That's going to leave a mark. Yep. That too. <laughs> Kid saves the day. Yep. <laughs> again as i watch this now the the third time i think what i appreciate more is just how much more grounded this one is because it's not just iron man it's not an iron man fiesta you know it's, right it's, it's a lot more personal yeah a lot of people complain about that it's like i i didn't come to see tony stark i came to see iron man you know i didn't come to see toby mcguire i came to see spider-man you yeah, know, like it's equivalent of, you know, Toby McGuire always having the mask off. Yeah, but but it, this movie it was about Tony Stark and not about well, Iron Man. It was about Tony Stark becoming uh or whatever he's gonna become next. Well, and we've we've had two full solid Iron Man movies with a lot of Iron Man. We had the Avengers, which had again a lot of Iron Man. So I don't feel like we got cheated. You know, when you when you look at it as a whole, we've got plenty of Iron Man to look oh, at. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And again, the one-liners. Here we yep. go. Here it is. It's my autobiography. <laughs> I think it's important too because I think sometimes with the wisecracks and and you know him being in the armor, we forget a lot of times just how clever Tony Stark really is. Yeah, and and the fact that he's able to come up with the stuff on the fly and and as we'll see later, 
uh, when the kid kind of gives him a bit of a clue. It, it, I, uh... I, not to cut you off, I really liked the, the what he did here. You know, it was a great choice with the special effect, with the, with the yep. stunts, you know, melting the tower and just letting see what happens. That, that just, it worked for me. Like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. You know, you want to cause as much destruction as you, as you can, do this. I love that. <laughs> yep. Yep. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, he's got the repulsor, you know, jammed up, but clearly it's going to, it was a one-shot deal. He's got to get out of his hand pretty quick because it's going to yeah. burn or whatever. And the fact that he didn't, you know, it, it worked because he could have used it before. But didn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he waited till he absolutely had no other options. So I thought that was an awesome you know, kind of gift to the audience where you, you completely were not expecting that. Yep. For what? <laughs> I love that. If you do some of the solid, there'll be a yet. Get out of the way or run you over. So he took he took James Badsdale's car. Uh huh. I gotta think Ames got their cars lowjacked. You would think. Yeah. But that wouldn't fit the plot, so maybe it's a rental. <laughs> you know, you know, honestly, it could be that simple. I don't see an Avis sticker on it though, so who knows? Yeah. <laughs> We're connected. <laughs> He's like, I try. Yeah. It was a shot. It's funny, the Westworld bit, I laughed so hard in the theater and not many people caught it. And then I remember. I always hate when that happens. Yeah. And then I remember on an email chain we had Brad. Brad totally didn't get the reference. And when we explained it, he still didn't get the reference. And I was like. (laughs) Brad, you're older than I am. How not by much, but how is it you've never seen Westworld? I mean, seriously, how have you never seen Westworld? You know, of all the Mandarin videos, this this was kind of my favorite one, just because of the way it is implication for for what the Mandarin or whoever is uh, what their goal was here. Yeah. Leads off. Only two lessons remain. Yep. Another reference. <laughs> <laughs> 
Roxxon yep. Oil. Yep, yep. Then there was a, a a brief appearance of Roxxon in the first movie as well, just on the side yes. of a truck. Yep. And, and he's probably a really good guy. Yeah. That's convenient. Yeah. You're part of me really wanting to say America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here it is. As soon as Mr. President, you make that call. Save that man's life. No emotion. It's like, nope. I love it. Not, I mean, it's brutal, but just, yes. just the implication of it here. Only one, he's going to say it in a minute. One set. One lesson left. One lesson remains. The lesson, I can make your present do whatever I want. Yep. As we've seen in The Walking Dead, you should not look away at other stuff while you're driving your car. <laughs> ah. Aha. There it is. Again, very reminiscent of Iron Man 1. Yeah, yep, right in, saving them. <laughs> So he didn't get a phone call. Yep. Another another Iron Man one when he had the phone call conversation with Rhodey yes. when he was flying. That's true. This is funny. <laughs> I love that. More machine rocks with an axe. <laughs> <laughs> They're laughing and he pulls the gun out at him. <laughs> We've all had those moments where you create a password and you're like, this is really lame. I hope to God I never have to tell anybody what this <laughs> password is. Exactly. Yeah, he's Gary. Yep. He's Gary. Tony needs Gary. <laughs> Stanley cameo. Oh, the judge, yeah, yeah. You ever have those moments? I used to like part of the... They try to do tech talk, and they yeah, every time I watch, it. Yeah, every time I watch CSI, I just cringe. 
Is this, is this actor anybody we should know? Or it seems like I a perfect don't... spot for a cameo. I should have checked it, but yeah, no, I I, I don't recognize him. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. The tattoo's my favorite. Yeah, yeah. It's a Hispanic Scapio. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> got the mustache and goatee. No product. Too late. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fake. Uh, a doll that I made. Yeah. Adam Pally, Gary the Cameraman. Adam oh, a little Sun Oracle plug again. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, let's see here. The Mindy Project. Uh, Come Bang Bang. Happy Endings. Iron Man 3. Uh, Californications. No, nothing significant. He's and Gary needs Tony. Be quiet. <laughs> I love they even mask it, but you can still see him typing the password in. I remember when I first saw this, I was like, whoa, there we go. It reminds me of the uh, young Peter Whalen from the Ted the fake TED talk they did for Prometheus. And the arm grows back. I really like Rebecca Hall. If uh, any of you are not familiar with her, uh, go watch The Town, the Ben Affleck-directed and starred movie The Town, 
which also has a connection to the Marvel Universe because it stars Jeremy Renner as well. But it's very, very well done. Um, excellent, excellent movie. I still haven't seen that. I really need to. Yeah, it's 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 really good. And now it all hits the fan for Pepper. Mm-hmm. Or not. So she is in on it. Mm-hmm. I love it. He looks annoyed. She's trying to claw at his neck. Launch product. It's a. It's just that it's a product. Yeah. Product line. I just love that look. I don't know what it is. I love the the whole red, white, and blue. Yeah. If you ever saw any behind the scenes, what they do is a uh, they're basically in a whole green screen environment and they shoot from like a top down on their head and then everything else CGI over it. It's actually a kind of cool way they do it. Yeah. Now, I'm pretty sure we actually have a Lost alum up in this scene. Uh... I'm the job. Right here, her. This extremis. I'm pretty sure that's Charlotte. Oh, yeah, that's Rebecca Mater. Motor. Yep. yep. Yeah, yeah. Charlotte from Lost, who was in uh, season four. She was part of the freighter, the crew that came yes. over. Yes. Along with Daniel Faraday. <laughs> he puts the photo. He <laughs> 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 I thinks he said, thinks Roger said the wrong word again. Yes. No, it's Miami. Yeah, this is the the last one. Yeah, yeah. He's like, now I've got to go into this without armor. I can't do that. Yeah. That was a really cool moment. Yeah, just saying, you know, oh, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, just go back to your roots. That's it, Be who exactly. you are. Yep, yep. You know, he builds, built Iron Man 
in a cave out of a box of scraps. Yep. Such a weird collection of materials. Like, I guess yeah. he needed the fertilizer and. <clears throat> I mean, you see what he cutters. does with it all. It's like. Yeah. And it's pretty sweet because it's all just really disposable. Like this is, you know, he's not building something to last forever. And he's you, built... you see that. He doesn't even care about what he's about to do with it all. He just, yeah. uh, as he expends each device, each thing, he just drops it. Merry Christmas. Yep. This whole sequence, he, he, it's part of him becoming, you know, more of the I am Iron Man. It's not, it's not that he needs the suit or doesn't need the suit. He, he does to really do the, do what he does, do what he does best, but he's capable of it on his own. And he, he didn't do all those things. He didn't handle himself in the Avengers and the battle of New York because he was wearing the suit. He did it because of who he is. The right. suit was just a, the suit was just a tool. It didn't define, um, the suit's not what Iron Man is. That's got to hurt. Yeah, I love it. They're so, you know, drugged up they don't even care. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it was, this whole scene here is probably the reason why I didn't bring my son to see it. Yeah. Yeah. It, that, was, just, that's, it was just a little bit more than I wanted to go. Yeah. there. That's the one complaint I had probably above all with this one is they've, Marvel, Disney, have done a really good job of making these. I mean, they're, they've all been PG-13, but they've been very, very mild yeah. PG-13. And this one, I think, pushed the envelope more than any of the others. And I, I, I wasn't real happy with that because I know there's a lot of folks that have, you know, taken eight, nine, ten-year-olds to these movies because they are so mild. And for this right. one to kind of flip the other way, I, I wasn't a real huge fan of. Yeah, like I wasn't really ready to explain to him well, why were the two girls there in the bed. Now, okay, yeah, the, the moment we've been waiting for, you know, the whole, <laughs> yeah. Now I gotta admit, I wasn't ready to believe he was an actor yet. I was still thinking that there was just the mannerisms and all that he seems at this point. Oh yeah, see, I know. It I was, was just I was like all in. you know when he's in private, he's something different. I wasn't quite all the way there yet. <laughs> Okay, and then then now, right now, with yeah, now obviously it's something more, but yeah, <laughs> uncomplicated.
<laughs> Another study? No. <laughs> no, they give me more. Yes. And he's out. <laughs> Very controversial, but I think if this was anybody but Ben Kingsley, this wouldn't have worked for me. Like, I, I think it's a very bold choice. I don't think this is something you could pull off in the comics because it's perpetual, but given that the movie universe is a little more finite, I think it works a lot better. I was very torn about right. how I felt about this after, after I saw it. I mean, well, one the... part of me was like, brilliant, genius. And another part was like, but the Mandarin is like the Iron Man villain, and you've just yeah. made him a non-entity. And, and like I had suggested in um, at the top of the, you know, when we started the commentary, they they it works for this environment. I don't think the Mandarin, yes. at least some of the extreme uh, fantasy side elements, for lack of a better phrase, uh, of the Mandarin's character just wouldn't work in this environment. Despite the fact that we've introduced Thor and everything else and magic and science and magic and all that. Um, I think it would have been too big, too much to put into this one movie. Um, I think it would, I guess it could have been possible, but for the movie we got and the way they did it, I thought it was brilliantly done. Especially the way they 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 uh, pushed the Mandarin element in the run up in the promotion to to the release. Uh, they made such a big deal about Ben Kins about Kinsley Kingsley being the Mandarin, the Mandarin being in the movie, and Iron Man the Mandarin, and the, the, you know, just the whole thing. the 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 commercials and the whole promotional tour was all about the Mandarin. Yeah. Um, you know, the extremists and and the other pieces was was secondary, even though we kind of knew it was there, concerning the, the the characters that were in it. Um. So this have this whole bait and switch element to it just sold it for me. Well, and it's. Honestly, too, in this day and age, it's hard to pull that type of character off without him being such a racial stereotype. You know, I mean, it and they've toned it down a lot in the comics, but even still, it's just it's it's tough to pull off without criticism one way or the other. It would have been tough to I, do the Mandarin as an, as especially as an Asian based character, the ways in the comics, considering they they gave Tony's origin the movies in, in Afghanistan as opposed to uh, I think Vietnam was the original one uh the original origin yes actually yeah. was it even vietnam korea been, korea yeah it was korea, korea actually in the original original and then it was retold at vietnam and then it was later retold as afghanistan as 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 time moved on uh so making him like i said that al-qaeda bin laden type of look you know fit with the with the movie universe sure um now so you know we're talking over the big reveal we're finding that maya is knee deep into it and she has been from the beginning 
Um, again, it was all about the science for her, but she got herself in so deep she didn't know how to get out of it, and now she just wants to see her. She's willing to take these sacrifices to make her product or make her her discovery be fruitful, even justifying. Well, Tony, you were an arms dealer yourself or whatever, and you know. And she knows he's the key. Like he's the key yeah. to figuring out how to stabilize this. Well, thing. she just and showed the the. She still had the name tag that he scribbled his notes on that yeah. next morning. That we we didn't know what he was writing. Uh, he was writing his notes on it, which you know was like that close to solving the instability. Yeah, three um, sheets to the wind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so that's why she knew they needed him to to finish finish the work and stabilize it. And you're talking about that night in Vern. We saw him up on the on the on the roof still, and he almost he almost killed himself. Yep. Here it is. I really thought at this point too that Maya Hansen was taking a really dark turn. And that maybe she was going to be the ringleader behind the behind Killian, even. Yeah, and that would fit uh, what we saw in the comics because she's the one who released it or was going to sell it and uh, betrayed Killian in the in the comics. So that would certainly fit with uh, what's been established with her. Right. Thor. Yeah, yeah. I love that bit though. So subtleties had its day. Yeah, I I knew that they were going to. They talked. They wanted to do more pet with Pepper. You know, Robert Downey Jr. wanted more to be done with her character. I I wasn't crazy with how they did this. I mean, it all worked out in the end. Didn't didn't bother me. So much. I, I was yeah. I was fine with that. We'll see how important she really is to Killian's plan right now. Yeah, exactly. But she's so cute. <laughs> I like this interaction a lot. Yeah. So this is the second time that the War Machine armor has been taken over by a bad guy. 
and hacked mm-hmm. and destroyed and whatever else. I love the sound effect design on this where you get the sizzle, but also the kind of the popping and creaking Creaking of the the metal. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. This, this is a little, this is funny. My cookies are done. (laughs) Limited edition. Ponytail Express. Okay, for it to go 832 miles in like a minute, that speed is kind of ridiculous. I love it when the armor starts in a second here, when it starts to, I love that. All right, let's go. (laughs) And he just (laughs) jumps out flying. Yep. Punches him. (laughs) Even the, even the other guy was surprised by that. Yeah. It's like, what? Seven. Seven. Yes. Eric seven. And we all thought that first line meant something else. Mm-hmm. The world of proper leader in one hand. Because we knew he's after the president, right? Right. Again, like MIA, not quite what we thought it meant. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me of that bit in Blade Trinity with uh, Ryan Reynolds when he's expecting his crew to, to jump in and he kind of counts it down and then they don't show up. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, it's locked behind the door here like I said though 832 miles to fly from A to B yeah I like that I like the fact that he's got a gun in one hand and the repulsor repulsor another one he's trying to fly and Nice. And like this, pizzas are going to start appearing. Mm-hmm. That would hurt. I'm good, man. <laughs> that got the hugest laugh in the oh, theater. Yeah. Absolutely oh, my gosh. Great moment. 
not the face. There goes Patriot. <laughs> I tell you, when when they first cast Cheadle to replace um, Terrence Terrence Howard, I I wasn't real happy about that, but I really like Don Cheadle. <laughs> you know what? I I was never sold by Terrence Howard as as Rhodey. Um, yeah, I don't know if it was demeanor or what it was, but he just didn't have you know tough guy military uh, soldier to me. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I I just didn't buy it. Not based on the roadie, but the more modern roadie. I mean, maybe he could have done the roadie of the 70s a little bit better. You know, the demon in the bottle roadie where he was just the, uh, you know, the uh, the buddy or the assistant or whatever he was. He wasn't, I don't remember him being, uh, at least not active right. duty military. Right, right. He wasn't in ro- ro- uh, ro- uh, War Machine yet at that point, I don't think. Right, no, no, no. No, because he was Iron Man before he was War Machine. Oh, yeah, right, right. <laughs> oh, <but> no. Guess <laughs> 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 Rinko. <laughs> yeah, of course he has him on a cell phone. Yeah. You know, sometimes the simple way is the better way to do something. We didn't need any more interaction with the vice president than what we're about to see right now. Yep. You know, he puts the phone away, says everything's fine, and we see his daughter in a wheelchair. You know, with um, what missing a leg. Yeah. You, know, you can see clearly what his motivation is and where his lawyers are. We don't need any more than that. So I'll give them that. There's a well-done moment for me. So this a scene we saw in the trailer. Never suspected yep. this was anything but what it is, what it looks like. Well, it's funny. Early on, there was a lot of speculation that James Badge Dale was going to be in the armor at this point. And then it was kind of debunked, and then obviously that's that's exactly that's what, it what happened. Hey, did you yeah. did you see the deleted scenes on the Blu-ray at all, or anything with this? No, no. There's a deleted scene on Air Force One before he goes, uh, Savin goes, goes, you know, killing everybody. Where he's just kind of sitting in a chair, reading a magazine, 
and a guy is uh, one of the airmen or somebody on board is just starts talking to him and talking to him, talking to him, and uh, you know, doing something like that, like get a picture. And he just sitting there, puts mags down, and just looks at the window and points. And says, "Hey, is that Thor?" <laughs> and, and the guy and the guy turns his head and just he just like punches him and knocks him out, and then goes How- on to start doing this. How funny. I take that as a no. Keeping up with the lie. Yep. Yep. That, my friends, was Johnny Cage of Mortal Kombat fame. Yeah. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. I think I, other than that, and I think he was in Melrose Place back in the day, that was the only thing that, other things I've ever seen him in. Yeah. All right. This whole bit with Iron Man here. Beginning of the big fake out. Talking about the bait and switches in this movie, this Mm -hmm. was a great one. Body's flying. Yeah, this is what we saw in one of the first trailers was everybody falling out of Air Force One. Yep. That's going to be tough to recover from. Yeah. Yeah, I admit, though, even from when I uh, saw the trailer, I, I fully expected how he rescues them all to be how we did it. You know, just... Yeah. Like even says, barrel monkeys, you know, that's exactly what I was thinking of. It just seemed obvious. And it was fun the way it played out. It's it's just one of those feel-good moments, you know, in a movie where, you know, something impossible is occurring and yet yep. it, still, it still works. Something I missed on my first viewing, he's going to say something here. I'm going to electrify your hand. It won't open. Yeah, yeah. But if you listen carefully to the sound design, you'll hear a little effect every time somebody latches on where like like they get that charge, a static mm-hmm, kind of. Mm-hmm. Everybody grab your monkey. Yep. Oh, he's plotting out the trajectories yep. and keeping tabs on everybody. Oh, yeah. 
You see all the pieces of aircraft falling, the debris all around it. Mm-hmm. One, one left. Chunky monkey. <laughs> of course, you see the chest. Yeah, yep. Yep. Thrusters. Got them all. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was that was fun. And here we go. This oh god. Again, caught my breath, but just well, yeah. well done. Boom. It works because it's kind of funny and unexpected. But yeah. <laughs> if you really think about it, it's like the armor's not really that uh shab, you know, shoddy. You know, no, it's not. But you think about how he fell apart in in the bedroom when he when he right, right, powered right. it down. As soon as it lost that that, you know, it's, if it's electromagnets or however it's 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 bonding together because there's not a lot of room in each of those major parts to do any kind of positive magnetic uh, mechanical connection. Right. So so once it loses power like that, it, it very well could just be, fall apart like that. Oh, here we go. We're opening up the uh, the basement, the vault. Open the vault. Yep. I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, the company Hot Toys has started to make figures, I think, of almost all. Oh, no of, way. Uh, of yes. And they're ridiculously expensive. The Igor armor, mm. the, the one they, they called the Hulkbuster, that, right. uh, um, it's like $500. Oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine the detail on that. It's incredible. And they've they've got a bunch of the other ones, too. And they're all, most of them are around two 300 bucks a piece. But I could not imagine... Uh, owning them all but you talk about a conversation piece <laughs> could you imagine the stop motion videos you can make with those things oh yeah yeah for those of you not familiar with that google uh iron man hot toys or just hot toys in general i mean they pretty much made a version of Every one of the Avengers characters from all the movies, right. you know, not just Avengers, but Iron Man, Iron Man Two, Thor, Cap, uh, they're they're pretty incredible. And now we're on another rocks on oil rig here. Yep. Rocks on Exxon, very yep. Uh, yep. similar. Of course, if those of you not familiar, Roxxon is like the big evil mega corporation uh, in the Marvel universe. That seems to be a cover for just about everything going on. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I remember during the lead up to uh, Demon in a Bottle, there was a a Roxxon facility on a platform or some type. I remember that during the Armor Wars. I think it was maybe or yeah, they that. they yeah they've been they've been they've been around Iron Man for a while, around Marvel for a while. Yeah, they were really big in in the in like the early mid '80s when it was kind of that Reagan era, um, you know, big big company Wall Street yeah. era, you know, thing going on. This whole ending sequence worked for me uh, in a big way. I mean this this was the centerpiece of the movie as far as I was concerned. Oh yeah, I mean for anybody who was you know upset or you know, where's Iron Man? I want armor. You know, they definitely more than make up for it here. Yeah. 
and again, this is a very no and Shane Black wrote um, the, the first two lethal weapons for sure. This is a very lethal weapon end of the movie kind of sequence. Going well, this this it. whole interaction right here is is, is Riggs and Murtaugh. Murtaugh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This reminds me a lot of the end of Lethal Weapon too. Minus, of course, you know, suits of armor and well, yeah. people regrowing limbs, but yeah. All we need now is somebody just standing there, you know, yelling diplomatic immunity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love this. Yeah, this is awesome. Way to shoot the glass. One shot. <laughs> One shot. <laughs> <laughs> Too fast. All glowing. Yeah. Here's my boys. I almost wish they wouldn't have showed this in the in the trailer. Oh yeah, to be surprised, yeah. Because this was just awesome. I heard a, a little bit of criticism over how he was able to jump in and out of armor so quickly, and like you know what, for all the armors he's built, he he made them had to make them so he could get in and out of them quickly like that. Yeah. I didn't anticipate how important that line right there was for the it was going to be. Yeah, exactly. It's just so awesome. And that that right <laughs> there another callback to uh Iron Man 1 when he's doing the demo. He's like yep. I I give I give you whatever the weapon when he raises his hands and the shockwave comes past him. The Jericho. Jericho, yes. Yep. Armors are dropping fast. Yeah, this one. Yeah, Igor, Igor to steady this thing. Yep, there's a Hulkbuster. We love that guy. But watch, he's got like these pylon or these. Uh, yep, this awesome. This, yep, the Jack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a hell of a 3D printer he must have in that lab of his. Uh, yeah. Silver Centurion. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> For those of you not familiar, in the in the eighties, uh, Iron Man was silver and gold, not or silver and red, not gold and red, right? And had the shoulder pad looking thing. So this armor, very reminiscent of uh, of that. I know so the. Some people called it the suitcase armor from Iron Man 2, so that reminded them of the Silver Centurion as well. Yeah. Even with the chest symbol, same same thing. Nice. You know, I've been catching up on Avengers, uh, the comic, and there's a character who's uh, kind of picked on or ignored, and he gets this great power all of a sudden, and the line is, you know, what happens when someone has been ignored all his life suddenly gets gets this great power? How does he handle it? And that's kind of what Killian reminds me of. He's just, you know, a little awkward yeah, uh, nerd, and all of a sudden he's he's all but all powerful, and he goes with head, his head and he abuses it. Mm-hmm. We saw in the trailer a scene where the uh, he just jumps into an armor. Yes. And there's like three times we think that's the scene, and like yes, here's about to be one, and. Nope, not Here comes yet. the armor. And nope. Yeah. <laughs> so you want me to hold on? Just a little bit. One down. So apparently there's a trigger on the outside of there to detonate to trigger uh, the repulsor. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of dangerous. Yeah, you think. Say what? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I do, don't I? Wait, I could have done that all along? Tuck and roll.
and he misses her. Yeah, devastating for him, but I don't think the audience felt much peril at this point. No. I mean, we already saw what Extremis is capable of. We already know what's in her system. She hasn't gone critical yet. Plus, there's at least one scene that we saw in the trailer we haven't seen yet. So Exactly, yeah. With a line earlier, uh, I think it was Maya. You know, he's here. Even maybe was killing. Said it. We. He's now. He's desperate. You're desperate enough. Now you're desperate to help me. Um, yeah. He. He's just made him desperate enough. You first happy, yep. and now Pepper. I'm. I'm going to kill you. I love it. You know, every hit more of the armor just goes away. Yep. Just shows how powerful these extremist guys are. I think this one was called the shotgun armor. So those tattoos he's got? Uh-huh. Kind of reminded me of Iron Fist a little. Yeah. That was cool, the way he did that. Dropped the leg out before he could do that. Mm-hmm. Each one has a slightly different interface. Yep. Yeah. yeah almost. Here's that scene from the trailer where he jumps in the armor. Yep. Cool trick. I like that. Throwing the armor on Killian and yep. blowing it up. Yeah. Still quite a few armors around. Yep. There's the helmet to the Mark 42. I and think he was expecting to see a head in there. Uh, yeah, I think everybody was, and now he's wondering where is it.
Now, what does it take to kill these guys? You can tell he's hurt, obviously. And here we are saying, like, targeting all extremists. That's almost Pepper's yep. an extremist signature now. His hair piece fell out. Yep. Just, just when you need it the most. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of cool to see Pepper kicking a little ass. Yeah. And just grab the shell and she's going to kick it at him. Yep. She's coming down now, cooling off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just missed that. He put uh, he put the earpiece back in. Yeah. Yeah, and this is this is what didn't set right. If you're gonna do this to her, not that I want to see her be extremist or we whatever forever, but it's like it was very easily reversed. I mean, I mean they sp they yeah. did spend a lot of time saying how he already had it licked or was already on the edge anyway, and he was the one who could stabilize it anyway. You know, but but still, it's like. I think of everything that bugged me about this movie or didn't sit right the first viewing. And again, I'm better with it now was in part, this moment, this clean slate blowing up all the armors. Basically this was less to me, uh, a continuation of the Marvel cinematic universe as it was an ending or a goodbye or to Iron Man and wrapping it up. Now this was also before we found out that yes, Tony Stark or Robert Downey Jr. is signed on for Avengers two. He will be there. Iron Man will be in it. Yeah, you know, so I'm looking forward to see what they do and how they do it. Um, but it definitely seemed like it was an ending to the Iron Man story, and 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 they just as easily could have proceeded with the the plans for the Marvel universe without an Iron Man or a Tony Stark in it. Yeah, and I think not to get too far off the path, but I think depending how Thor and Captain America do, and the box office they do is going to tell Marvel. Can this franchise be what it is at the level it is without Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah, yeah. 
because I didn't expect this movie to make $1.2 billion worldwide. I mean, I just... Is that, is that what Iron Man 3 did? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And Avengers was 1.6, I think, or 1.5. Yeah. So, yeah, I tell I, you, yeah. I, oh, this scene we saw in the trailers here, I think everybody thought, I know myself, I did, going with uh, the Extremist storyline, that this was going to be Tony getting the Extremis in him and using that to control his armors right, right out of the comics. But... You know, I gotta wonder why they didn't do this earlier. Just take the shrapnel out. I mean, it's it's it. In the comics, the technology wasn't there to be able to do it. But in in this movie universe, in this day and age, as soon as he got out of that cave, they could have done they could have done this. They could have removed the shrapnel. Yeah, and, and we just kind of suspended disbelief and didn't even think about that. Um, but we just spent how I, much talking about these armors and running on their own to say that he doesn't need the power supply to. The, the chess piece to power the suits anymore, so... Right. So there still, still could be an Iron Man. Oh, he's yeah, I think show. this was... Yeah. I think this was a bit of hedging the bet. You know... It was a lot of that. It was like, okay, we need to wrap up Tony Stark so that we can continue without him, but we'll leave the door open enough that we'll use him if, if we get him. Right. Because they knew what they had Robert Downey Jr. signed on for. And if anybody was from the very beginning, enthusiastic about this whole project, it was Robert Downey Jr. When he heard what they yeah. wanted to do with the, these movies and build up to do the Avengers and everybody come together, he's like, let's go, let's do it. And he was signed for his four movies, three Iron Mans and the Avengers, and it was not, not signed to do anything beyond that. So he took care of the kid. Yeah, his, cool his moment. Watch. You know, that, that was nice, and we just breezed over that. But that you know, gives him a whole setup, a whole lab. I love it. Potato Gun Mark II. Yeah. So just keep it with the, uh, yep, the mark. nomenclature. Yes. Here, and here's our moment where we kind of get our, our epilogue with, with Tony to uh, what it means. So he takes the world's most single, powerful, portable power source and just throw it away. I'm assuming the core has been removed. Yeah, it's not, it wouldn't glow in. So no, right. So. But just a piece, like like, and this is what gave me gave me hope. Is this scene? He finds one screwdriver, a little piece of. This is where it all, not creative, but became came to be matured. Yeah. And he drives away. He's towing dummy with him. It's like, yeah, I did a clean slate, but doesn't mean I can't start over again. Here comes my line. We get a little montage of all three movies during the uh, initial credits here. Yeah, I thought this was pretty cool. I, I like this little end credit scene. It was uh, stylistic, very reminiscent of uh, almost kind of like what they did with the losers. Um, that you know, yeah, jock style of art without without it being uh, you know, still using photo elements instead of mm -hmm. you know drawing sure. elements. Yep. Yep. So I had a little Iron Man 2 with the, the, the model. Mm -hmm. Of course, a funny scene where Pepper's uh, replacing the, the chess piece on the, in the Iron Man 1 earlier. Yeah.
So we started talking about the Mandarin, and did you, so did you see the talk that Ben Kingsley's been saying about a project that I, I didn't, I'm not sure if it's under development or under consideration, basically saying that the real Mandarin was um, more than annoyed at what Killian was doing with the name of the Mandarin, and maybe there is a real Mandarin in the Marvel Universe? Yeah, I hope they don't go that route, because I think it cheapens it a little bit. I was almost hoping that maybe what they do is they grab him because they need him to re-establish that persona for some sort of shield mission. That could be, yeah. I I, I could see it being a short on something. Yeah, you know, yeah. I and think, and I, I, think, I think that's what it's meant to be. I, I don't think it would ruin what they did here. Uh, I think if if it's done, they could make it make it work. Um Obviously, the Ten Rings is a real thing because that was not only an Iron Man uh, one, but it was briefly an Iron Man two. Although you didn't may not have realized it, the uh, uh, the 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 guy, the black market guy who gave the papers to uh, um oh what's the name Whiplash to get to the racetrack. Uh, oh in the, yeah, in, yeah. In, the, in the commentary yeah. or in the or in the screen on screen thing they did in the Blu-ray indicated he was a, a Ten Rings agent. Uh, but yeah, they were they were briefly in that, uh, although uncredited, I guess, really. Yeah, um, and I wasn't but anyway, sure. If but it, it really exists, so they could certainly do a, a Mandarin type character, and Killing could have either heard of this character, this Mandarin, or just kind of developed it. But either way, uh, basically, he's taking credit for something he didn't do. Right. Right. Um, I think it'll be fun to bring Kingsley back as that character, whatever they decide to do. Yeah. I mean, it's just a short, so it's going to be maybe 12 minutes tops, if if not. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I think the longest one they've done is item 42. You know, most of the other one, the other two they did were, I think, four to five minutes of yeah. each or something I mean, I like think, that. I so. think the uh, the last one, I didn't time it or look at the time on it, but the uh, Agent Carter one seemed to go pretty long. Yeah, I still haven't seen that oh, one. Oh right, yet. yeah, that was that's on the Blu-ray of Iron Man three. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it was it was interesting. It was fun. I'm, I'm really, I'm really disappointed that they didn't get Haley Atwell to be, um, uh, Sharon Carter, the modern day yeah. girlfriend uh, who is a relative of or a descendant of Peggy Carter. Right. Uh, but hey, whatever. Speaking of Captain America two, did you see the trailer for Captain America two? I uh. I, I still I don't think the grin has been removed <laughs> from my face yet. Yeah, it, uh, it looks amazing. Yeah, it's I, I, I it's one of those. It's going to be hard for them to screw it up. I, I'm I, the tone looks right, the story seems right. It looks like the look and feel is spot on. Uh, the super soldier uniform that Cap is wearing, uh, that he wore in the comics after he came back from his death. Uh, is is I I like it a lot better than I uh, the Avengers cap uniform. The fact that he's running around in civilian attire, uh, carrying the shield, carry the shield some looks great. Yeah, um, I like that Black Widow's in there. I like that we we suspected it was going to be shield based, which would make sense. And there's obviously a lot of shield Nick Fury I see in there. Yeah, um, you know the one shield agents has been i think he's actually crossbone so he's going to end up being a, a bad guy or otherwise being influenced on there yeah um, frank grillo is playing yeah. crossbones the um one interesting thing I, I i caught this in the avengers and i traced it or or followed up with it on the captain america 
2 trailer. If you remember in the Avengers, we saw the Helicarrier. The Helicarrier had a, a hull number like aircraft carriers do for real. Well, it turns out yes. that hull number in the Avengers uh, matched up with a real uh, decommissioned aircraft carrier. In fact, it was the uh, Constellation, I believe, 64. So I'm watching the trailer for Captain America 2, and we see several helicarriers in that one. And uh, I, I made out 42 and 88, which are, and they made, I don't recall which one's which. One is the Roosevelt, uh, and the other one was a smaller, older carrier called the Cape Esperance, I believe it was. But I got to thinking, a year or so ago, just about a year ago right now, um, one of the more famous or most famous uh, aircraft carriers and ships in general, the USS Enterprise, was uh, decommissioned and is in the process of being defueled and, and uh, uh, taken out of service. It's out of service officially right now. I thought, oh, how awesome would it be if they had one numbered 65? I mean, the idea being they taking these old vessels, these, these decommissioned vessels, and retrofitting them to be these flying fortresses. Right, right. Well, I watched the trailer again after I started thinking of that, and I'm looking, and I caught real quick, and then I paused it very quickly, but I saw a Quinjet with number 65 painted on it, and sure enough, it's landing on the deck of a Hellcarrier with number 65. Nice. So, yes, the USS Enterprise is going to become a Hellcarrier in, in this world, and, and, and that matters to me, not just because it's the Enterprise, but believe it or not, my, my father uh, not only served on the Enterprise, he, he, he was on the helm, he was actually on its uh, commissioning inaugural crew, in fact, was, was he was standing at the helm uh, at, at the blockade of Cuba. Oh wow! So, so I have a little personal history with the with the with the ship. Um, so it's it, it was really cool to 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 see that that little bit in there and to catch that. Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, April fourth can't get here soon enough. I just the Winter Soldier looks spot on. I mean, that bit at the end where he catches the shield yep. in midair is yep. is really cool. Um, the uh, uh, but yeah, that's coming uh, April fourth, I think. Yeah, April 4th, 2014. Yeah, but that's not the next movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We've got one coming out. Uh, like I said, we don't know when this is airing, but it's going to be right around the time Thor 2 hits theaters. Um, and uh, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, reviews are pretty positive now. Um, it, it premiered, as we record this, it premiered overseas uh, today. Okay. And I know Bleeding Cools had a review. So far, the Rotten Tomatoes reviews are, there's like 25 reviews, and I think it was at 80% positive so okay i'll take it uh, yeah so it's it's trending well most most folks feel it's uh better than the first thor and most people feel like the first thor was pretty good so um i really enjoyed the first thor i thought it was you know really good in fact i'll definitely be watching it in fact a lot of theaters aren't here i'm sure around you are doing a marathon yes uh, six hour we've got thor avengers and then at midnight thor 2 yeah 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 but yeah it, it's it's um uh, this one I wanted to go see first be, to decide if I wanted Iron Man to see if I wanted my uh, son to go see it in theater and I decided not to as I said um, I don't have any such reservations uh, about Thor uh, believe it or not even though I expect it to be a little, even more violent considering the you know it's more like blunt force trauma kind of stuff but uh, I still will see it first because mainly because I don't want to miss anything when he has to go to the bathroom <laughs> plus I can guide him and find a good spot to, to do that but uh, my only decision right now is I'm actually off uh, work on November 8th. So my question is, do I stay up and do midnight or do I go see it while the kids are in school on, on Friday? Nah. Um, I have a feeling that I'll wait to go see it when they're in, <laughs> when they're in school. Yeah. Um, 
but then Saturday, my plan is Saturday afternoon to take the boy to go to go see it. Cool. Yeah, I think I think this one will be pretty mild. Uh, you know, the first one was was in my opinion very mild. Um, yeah, I mean, it was violent. I mean, we're we're showing that double standard. I think a lot of you know Americans and parents have. It's like you know, violence is okay, sex is bad, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. And but it's it's even the violence in the first Thor was mainly cartoony. I yeah. guess I would say it, it wasn't. Like you, you could it see wasn't something over the top. To... Yeah, I mean, I think right. the goriest thing was when he blasted through the uh, the skull of the the one ice creature on on. Uh... Oh, here's here's our our tag. Right. Yes. I was laughing so hard. You know, I admit, I, I, I read this, and I didn't want to believe this was it, but it's this is it. I love it. I'm not that kind of doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Elevator in Switzerland. <laughs> Temperament. <laughs> It's like, like, it's not my fault. I ran out of gas. Locust. <laughs> yeah, I swear yeah. to God. Yeah. <laughs> and it totally fits. You know, him and Tony oh, yeah. took off at the end of Avengers, you know. Yeah, you know, we're talking uh, a little bit. Uh, I don't think it was when I was on. You guys were talking about on the sh- on S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, about the tags in S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, you know, some of them are, are, are the fun ones. Like, like this one is, actually. Tony Stark will yeah. return. There it is. So he's coming back in some way. I don't remember. I think that was in the theater. Not just yes. tagged onto the yeah, it was. Um, they're not all going to be like at the end of Thor. We saw the Tesseract for the first time as a tease to uh, well, it was coming up in Amer- Captain America that summer. Uh, yeah, we, you know, we had of course the uh, the hammer being found at the end of Iron Man two to tease was coming, but then you had the uh, uh, the Avengers, which was just the shawarma. This was just fun. Um, yeah, and the and the Cap one was pretty much the first teaser of the Avengers. It wasn't even like. You know, most of these are footage that doesn't appear in the next movie. Yeah, well, the and, the, the, the Iron Man two one was a scene that was we did see, and then they shot it while they were shooting. Uh, well, it was in Thor. You know, when we found well, it, we found it. Sorta, yeah, yeah, but there was nobody at the site when that happened. Yeah, it was cut. When you it actually, was cut differently, but it, it yeah, was, yeah. It, when you actually watch Thor, when Coulson shows up, there's all the yokels that are down there. Yeah, but you know, the, barbecuing. The, but it was the same tight shot on sure, on sure. Coulson when he said. Sir, we found it. Yes, you know that that was the same shot, and then the same thing with the Avengers. It was maybe cut a little different, but it was that it was the scene when we first see Cap in the Avengers. It was that same scene, right? Uh, but what what it, I do like about this, it, it, aside from being fun, it does show that just like at the end of the Avengers, Banner left with Tony, went to Stark Tower. You know, he's he's still with Tony. He's still you know working in that environment. So fully expect to see them still engaged together in some way uh, during Avengers two. Now, yep, and stick around for Thor two because apparently there's two. We get one after the the yeah. we get a mid credit scene and then a, allegedly a post credit scene. Yeah, kind of so. like we did have that with Avengers. We saw the mid credit, you know, with uh, yeah. who the big bad was there, and then of course the, at the end. Now we also know, and I don't think this is a spoiler because it's well, it's been talked about at Comic Con that Ultron will be the uh, the big bad in Avengers. 
or yes. a big bad. I'm looking forward to. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a, a tease of that maybe at the end of Avengers or excuse me, Captain America, uh, being the Shield connection. Um, but I would like to see something tease. Well, actually, we might get that in the Thor. Maybe maybe it's going to tease Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think smart money is on that. Yeah, because that at least makes sense that we'd see something cosmic out of Thor than we would out of Captain America. Yeah. Um, I don't want to rank them, but I definitely will say this is Iron Man three was, was it's definitely not my favorite uh, of the movies. Um, it's hard to say because it's like again I've used this analogy before. It's like saying which uh. Uh, which which cookie tastes tastes worse? I mean, they all they're all good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I've really thoroughly enjoyed what they've done at 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 Marvel with their movies, and now with Shield. Um, Shield's got its problems. I talked a little bit of that on the last episode of of Shield. It's got problems, but it's it's got some work to do. But it has an important place in this bigger picture that I hope they start developing that a little bit better. Agreed. All right, well, that is a long show. I don't know if we want to continue on anymore. We were here to talk about Iron Man 3 and watch the movie, which we did. Um, do you want to do anything to wrap us up, Russ? Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll take us home. Uh, again, Ken, thanks for, thanks for making a return. I've missed this. I'm glad I'm, I'm back podcasting a little bit. It took a, had a lot going on around the house, around here, but it's, uh, I hope to be, to sit in on a few more shows now and then, and, I'm not saying uh, return to a regular show is on its way, but you know, more uh, be on with more regularity. I would hope that'd be awesome. Awesome. Well, again, thanks for listening to this ep- this special episode of Real Heroes. Uh, you could check out all of our uh, episodes at hhwlod.com. You could check out our Facebook groups. Again, we have tons of other shows: Long Box of Doom, Half Hour Wasted, The Shield Podcast, as we mentioned several times this evening, um, The Walking Dead TV Podcast, out now with Aaron and Abe. Uh, and Aaron's new podcast that he started doing, the Ichabod Crane Cast, where they talk about the uh, new Fox show Sleepy Hollow, and of course, Mr. Jordan from Jersey's Jersey Shore. So head on over to hhwlod.com and check that out. Uh, if you want to send us an email, send it to realheroes at hhwlod.com. We'd love to read some feedback on the air. So until our next episode, which is probably either going to be Thor the Dark World and then at some point in the immediate future, we will have Cowboys and Aliens, which is technically in the can, but being worked. So uh, thanks again, everybody, for joining us. Thanks, Russ. Good night.